Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. And I'm walking in the light. And that, that pretty much lays down a foundation of what I'm going to be talking about this morning as far as uh, I believe it's, it's one of the most uh, important issues when it is dealing with a follower of Jesus. I believe it's, it's, it's something that's lacking in understanding. And only, I only say that because for years I just heard a religious uh, representation of walking in the light. And the definition was more of a religious action than a life. And I believe scripture makes it very clear as far as when it comes down to our lives, it's tied to life in what Jesus has given us, and that is to be free. Because he set us free. And he set us free through his light, his word, his truth. And so for years, I didn't have you know, a grasp of what that meant because people would say, you know, you need, you're the light of the world and, you know, you need to be walking in the light or you need to be living in the light. And mainly that was a comment of, you know, are you reading? Are you praying? Are you going to church a lot? You know, it was tied to works. And so the further I got in my journey, the more clear I got with what the Bible has to say about walking in the light. And this one phrase, wonder, really uh, hit home to me as far as my walk personally and in my life it is today because just in the definition of wonder, um, one of Jesus' names is wonderful. And so in the definition of wonder, it says something or someone that is very surprising, beautiful, amazing. A feeling caused by seeing something that is very surprising, beautiful, amazing. Something that is surprising or hard to believe. Now, when I saw the definition of wonder and I look at Jesus, the wonderful, and what he has given us, how we should be perceiving this world should be with the eyes of wonder. And just as the scripture says, it says, have you said so? Have you said, I see the world in light? I see the world in wonder. Have you spoken out the words of what I believe should be the representation of our hearts, what we're experiencing? Now, remember, when it comes to God's word and God's information, our experience and our ability to handle this or feel the liveness of God's word is according to what Jesus said. You have to hear the words, and do the words. And when you hear and do, you experience what you've been hearing or doing. Now, listen, that, that in, in church or that in Bible communication, it's something that we look at as spiritual and religious. But you know you're doing it right now every single day of your life. You are hearing and doing. And that's what I like to do is I like to take Scripture and I like to bring it into common sense. 
Because what happens is we talk about faith and we talk about meditation. We talk about all these things and we look at it and put it in the spiritual box and go, well, uh, Sunday or that's too difficult or I'm not spiritual enough. But the truth of the matter is, is everything the Bible's talking about is what we are good at. Though it's the reciprocal, it's the opposite. See, you, you might be, I might look at you and I go, you guys are all monsters of faith. And you might look at me and go, you kidding me? I don't have a faith. Are you kidding? And I'll say, well, let me explain to you the faith I'm talking about. And then we'll talk about fear. And we'll talk about how you talk about fear and how you believe fear and how you meditate on fear. But we don't want to see that as faith, but it is exactly what faith is. We use faith as a religious terminology, a religious word. But if we're talking about God's Bible, we're talking about this. This has nothing to do with religion. This is contrary to religion. Who do you think put him on the cross? Who do you think attacked him from day one of ministry? Religion. Not normal people, not crazy people. Religious people. And so when you look at this and when you pay attention to it, all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute. This isn't something that God has hidden or God has placed where it's, it's got to be, you know, super Bible, you know, students have to dissect and reveal to us. It's not difficult. We make it difficult. And we need to make it simple. Amen? I mean, it's, it's, this is, should have been received like first grade or kindergarten. Keeping things simple, keeping things, especially when it comes to foundational truths. I don't know about you, but I didn't start off, you know, with fat crayons. You know, it's like they want to graduate you to, you know, uh, pen, you know, ballpoint pens when you're four or five. And you all know what they're good for. They rip paper. You have to give them a crayon. Amen. You have to do something that makes it simple so they can start off scribbling. I got a, I got a, a, on my wall. It's, 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 I don't even have a name for it. It's just beautiful wall. And on my wall in my office is all my boys have given me cards, Christmas cards. They're good ones. You can't buy them. They make them. And they're just there. I mean, I'm telling you, and and as long as they keep making them, I'll, I'll keep putting them on the wall, you know? And they did this year too. They make my cards. They are awesome. But when you see them, you see when it first started coming, you know, like little stick men, and even they aren't that good. But they're doing it from their heart. And the scribbles and out of the lines and everything like that. And, and I see that, and all I see is, is a heart being operating in at the highest level. Now, I look at it and go, it, it could be a mess, but I don't see the mess. You might if you went in there and looked at them, but I don't see it. And see, I believe as a father, a father's heart, I don't compare to my father's heart. But if I can feel that way, what do you think he feels about way in the scribbles of your life? But see, we don't look at it that way. We look at it. The religious way. And that religious way is God's just, he can't wait to kick you out. Or he's tired of you. Or he's done with you. Or that, you know, he, you're about right here with him. 
It's been, you said you wouldn't so many times. And God's like, I'm fed up. And that's, I'm telling you right now, that's the majority of what Christians believe. But if you know the word of God, I mean, if you know the word of God, you will eliminate that false doctrine, the false teaching in your life. And that's why I was talking about last Sunday and the Sunday before about love. That foundation must be the main foundation of your life. It, it must be understood. And the only way you truly can understand that part of God's love towards you is to believe it. He said it. It goes beyond your feelings. It goes beyond, you know, what your, you know, uncle said. It goes beyond what anybody thinks, what a TV evangelist, it goes beyond all that. It goes beyond all that to truth, and that is with great love in which he loved us. Now I know my, my love for my kids. You could never attach, I want to hurt them. I want to get them in a wreck. I want to teach them something by having a disease. You could never say that about me, and I could never probably say that about any good father in here. Never. I guarantee you most fathers in here would jump in front of a car before you let your kid. But isn't that interesting that that father up there is just looking to do it, looking to push you out in the road? It's disgusting, and it's a lie from hell. But that's what religion does. It brings hellish lies and creates them as truth. And I'm here to annihilate them. How? By the truth. You bring the truth, it'll take care of that stuff. And so what do we need? We need the truth to what? To be able to bring freedom in our lives. Amen? And the only way freedom comes in truth is by us receiving it. Y'all know my heart. My heart is, this is about Monday. You all are getting, everybody's getting up and you're going to work on Monday. If, if this stuff can't help you in some way, then we might as well just close the doors and, and go and find something better to do with our lives, you know, until we die. But this is for Monday. This, for, this is for your relationship. This is for your marriage. This is for your family. This is for your workplace. But we're not bringing it in the sense of a religious concept of quote scriptures at people. Make sure you talk down to people. No, we're doing what the word of God says, and that is I'm learning it, I'm receiving it, and now I'm walking it. And by me walking it, I am now what? An open epistle read by people. And that's what happened to me. I had a guy at work that was an open epistle. And then I had a guy at work that was a religious epistle. The religious one, I couldn't stand. And the religious one drew me further and further away, even though he's the one that scared me the most. You're going to go to hell. What happened? You go out there and get hit by a car. You're going to go to hell. That's what he kept saying to me. The other guy that had this, this genuine walk and everybody knew he went to church. Everybody knew he read the Bible on his lunchtime. This guy just, he lived this life that was so different from the other. It was such a beautiful example for me. But this one was pointing fingers and judging everybody. He didn't judge anyone at all. He would never, 
ever even be condescending. We'd all stand around on a Saturday morning before the doors open and you'd have like this, this um, you know, let's go do it and we're going to sell this and we're going to do this and they'd go through the thing. But also they'd like to talk about their, Saturday, their, their Friday nights or what happened or bring in a dirty joke. You know, there's a bunch of guys working. And so we'd be there and everybody would be cracking up at the dirty jokes and this and that. And the, the religious one, he would go, this is disgusting. Get so out. And Chris, the one that led me, Lord, he just kept that smile, that same smile and just stood there. And I thought, this guy is so different. He would never laugh at him. He was never crossing the line in, this is acceptable, but he never produced a judgment call in this type of atmosphere. And I remember after the fact, after I did finally just cave in and said, Jesus all the way. And he, it's because of him, I, I was able to start talking to him about this stuff. What was going on in your head? And he goes, I don't want to tell you. And it wasn't like he was just not wanting to tell. He didn't want to tell me how much he wanted to, you know, get a gun and shoot us all. <laughs> but he was saying it was such a battle because he didn't want to portray anything other than what he believed Jesus would do. Even though inside, there were times he just couldn't stand me. He couldn't stand us. But he, he knew that he had a purpose and a plan that God had for him there. And I'm telling you, it was, a, it was a major impact. But again, I know him. I know his life. And I can tell you, after the fact, he's, he was far from perfect in every area of his life. But what he portrayed was not perfection. What he portrayed is he had something that I wanted to have. And I just couldn't, I, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to figure that out. So ultimately, I got what he had. Amen. And so that was a good thing. But what I want us to do is let's go to John 8, 12, because Jesus came to this earth, which is the whole picture of God's love. He's coming because of love. Christmas is love. This is the whole analogy or picture of Christmas. We look at all the manger and we look at all the different things, the kings and the, all the stuff that really doesn't tie to Christmas. But we look at it. I mean, really, if you're going to look at the whole thing, it's, it's totally opposite of what the Bible talks about. Um, but anyway, it's, it's what people do. The point is, is when we look at Christmas, what is the main thrust of Christmas in normal everyday life. And if you think about it, it's a time to give gifts, right? I know you can get a tree and you can make your house look pretty with Christmas lights, but if you don't hand out presents, all that is a bunch of, you know, whatever. <laughs> it don't matter. Oh, nice tree, nice house. Where's my gift? Now, don't act like, like you know it's about that. All right. Uh, since you're so holy, don't buy them gifts, and we'll find out how holy they are when everybody opens their presents and they don't get one. <laughs> because we do know that. We know. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it about gifts at all. Why? Because that's exactly what Christmas is about. God gave us Jesus a gift. 
And a gift has to be what? Received. Right? Well, the gift has to be given, but the point is, is you're, you're giving it for what? It's not you, it's for the person. And so that's what Chris is about, love. And that's what we must understand and we must focus in on that this time is about love. But in that, I want to just give us a biblical picture of the light of the world. The picture of what is our understanding of this picture. In John 8, 12, it says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever follows me will never walk in, that's spiritual darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, when you read that, it's something that I believe is so important for you to get hold of and say to myself, say to yourself, that I follow Jesus and I will never walk in spiritual darkness. That mean, what does that mean? That means no matter where I'm at, now spiritual darkness means that you're totally void of spiritual truth. But this also means that as I'm on my journey, the light that's necessary for me, now you might be thinking, wasn't it all necessary? No. Would the, would, the, would the knowledge I have be necessary for a five-year-old that received Jesus? Why not? We're believers, we're Christians. Should I take my teaching of the life of Christ and take it over there to the, to the um, you know, one of those classes over there? Should I do that? It's God's word. But y'all know because we're going to be normal. We're going to be practical. We're not going to be super wild spiritual wackos. We take this with an understanding. We would say, no, you wouldn't do that. We know it's truth. We know these things are important. We know these things are, are revealing in the word of God. But that six-year-old, it ain't going to do nothing for it. Now, wait a minute. It's in God's word. Yes. Now, are you guys listening to me or not? I, I don't know if you are. I think you're hearing what I'm saying, but I don't think you're hearing it. Think about it. You might be that sixth grader. You might be that 16-year-old. You might be that 24-year-old. You might be that in where you are today. So when you can realize that and, and just calm yourself and understanding this truth, then you won't try to be that fifth grader that's trying to be the college-age student. Because you know what? That doesn't even happen in normal life. Not at all. I can tell you right now, for all the years I've been a part of working with the youth, working with kids, being around them, all my, my journey, I, I can support this fact that each group looks to that next level group. None of them look over there to the teenagers. Not one, but they do look over there to that next group. That's the next peer level. That peer level doesn't look to the high schoolers. They look to the junior hires, which why would you do that? Anyway, but, and it, but do you see what I'm saying? So what happens is there is no leap that goes beyond that. That's the process. But guess what? We all get into church. 
We are operating as Christians now. And we get religionized. I just received Jesus a month ago. Guess what? Now I'm trying to be like the pastor. I'm trying to be like the person that's been doing this for 20 years, you know. And I'm, 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 I'm putting myself up to them and saying, I don't meet the standards. I don't. Well, what are you doing? You're a first grader. Quit screwing up your walk. Now, I'm not saying that it's going to take you forever to get to that level, just like the natural life. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is, is you want to get to the next level, go to the next level, but quit trying to think you have to skip grades. It's going to mess you up. You have to allow yourself to what? Grow. But understand this. You do have to graduate. And some of you get to the place where you haven't graduated and you ought to be graduating. You're too used to the public school system. All right, anyway. I won't go that way, but I could. I could. And what we have is, is Jesus says, listen, I'm the light of the world. You know what's interesting? When you guys hear this, does that sound beautiful? I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in spiritual darkness, but they will have the light of life. Isn't that a powerful scripture? You know when that was spoken? Exactly right after the woman caught in adultery was trying to be stoned by the religious. And Jesus said, move on. I don't hold this against you. Then he says this. I would never think this being spoken would be right after that. You'd think it'd be after something like God just spoke to him. A, you know, a heavenly group of angels just talked with him. Or something, something awesome. But that is awesome to God. This is something where he says, this statement right after that. Now, that woman that just went through that traumatic experience is hearing these words. All of them are hearing these words. And he's letting them know that, listen, you want to get truth. This is how you get it. And that's how awesome Jesus is. Amen. John 1.10 says this. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which is his own, but his own did not receive him. That's the Jews. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Father full of grace and truth. And I look at this and I'm thinking, this, these scriptures in John 1, starting verse 10, I think I ended at 14, yeah, John 10 through 14. It says, the world didn't recognize him, but what? Those who received him and believed him those who received him, and it didn't say those who believed him. 
It said those who received him and believed him. And that's an understanding we all need because believing isn't automatic. There's a process. There's this process of faith. There's this process of trust. There's this process of in operation. And that's what you need to understand. It's, it's not like I got it or I don't got it. It's I'm receiving this instruction. I'm going to start walking in it. I'm going to fall. I'm going to trip up. But I'm still going to continue in this walk. And this is what I want you to understand because I, I can tell you right now that so many issues in, in believers' walks are tied to their their ability to write, make the right choice over what the group is doing. This is, a, this is a dilemma. I've been through it. You have been through it. We all have been through it because the process of life is not we're by ourselves. The process of life is people and we'll always be people. And I know that can suck, but it's the way it is. You know, it's just the way it is. And so when, when this is about people, it's going to be all over the place. But the thing is, is when it comes to you and, and when it comes to me, this journey has to be done, not the word correctly, but has to be done with your whole heart. Because that's what has helped me more than anything, more than wisdom, knowledge, teaching, instruction. The heart has been the, the main function of, of my journey, it continuing on my heart. My heart gives me the ability to make the hard decisions. My heart gives me the ability to look beyond or past things that I think I need, but I really don't. And what it does is it saves me a lot. Now, you might be thinking, well, isn't the heart mean? Isn't it evil? No, that's, that's a strict teaching that's tying the heart completely to it's all evil. And you might be thinking, well, doesn't the Bible say that? No, it doesn't say it the way you're defining it. Because there's many, many, many scriptures that talk about your heart being good. And I can, I can show you that too. But the point is, is we have to create the heart. We're not living in, you know, the Old Testament where we're crying out to God saying, create in me a clean heart. That's, that's people that don't know the Bible that are doing it today. And believe me, there are many denominations that scream and cry that out. In other words, they're saying, listen, my heart's so messed up, God, but it's up to you to fix it. Change it, create a new one. And guess what? That prayer is not gonna be answered at all because it's just a, a, a goofy person that doesn't know the Bible getting in a place where look how spiritual I am. I want to just God to do this. And if anybody heard that and knows the word of God, they'd say, well, then start acting right. That's what they would do. Then start changing your heart. But again, it's, it's, the, it's, it's a lack of understanding of new covenant and old covenant. And we know better than that. Amen. So why did, you know, when I, on my journey of this, this beautiful, beautiful walk with the Lord, I've come to many different dilemmas or, or places where you have those questions, you know, and you're like going, how could, how could anyway, anyone not 
want Jesus. I mean, it's almost like, now, I was on the other side one time, and I can give you all kinds of reasons, you know, but after walking with him and after living this life, it's almost like, how, how could you not want him? And I remember I, I, I literally straight out asked God, and I go, God, why do why people not want, why do people not accept Jesus? And I was really frustrated with it. And he, and he said this, why didn't you? I went, well, you already know that. No, I didn't say that. But it was interesting because I know when God, listen, I know anytime God asks a question, he already knows the answer. So it's not for him. It's not about him. It's always about us. It's about me. So when he asked me that question, I thought, okay, why, why didn't I? And so I went through the process because I didn't know, because I heard, you know, this is the picture I had. This is the belief I had. So I went through the whole process of, well, there's all kinds of reasons why I didn't. And before even the time of being able to even make that choice, he wasn't even relevant in, the, in my life. Everything else was relevant. Sports was relevant. Girls was relevant. All those things were relevant, but Jesus wasn't. So I was living a life with no, no, no connection because didn't need one, or at least that's what I was living but I didn't know there was one. See, if you don't know, then there, you, it's not like you're missing out on anything. It's that place when you start asking questions. It's a place where you start going, well, well, what is this all about? And when you start doing that, you start realizing, wait a minute, there, there's these opportunities that come around to where it starts getting to go, yeah, what, what is this about? What is this about? And so when I was, I was talking with God about this and he said, he literally told me, he said, your heart won over your thoughts. And I went, wow. So ultimately, no matter what this was saying, this got me to make the decision that was necessary to go to the next level. My heart did. And that really helped me because I think a lot of times we're trying to get people convinced that this is real, convinced that this is true, convinced that the Bible's real, convinced. So we're trying to, we're trying to prove the Bible to people that are spiritually blinded to it, which doesn't make sense because it'd be like going up to someone that's blind and saying, don't you see it? How come you can't see it? I mean, don't you, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm revealing what it is. How come you can't see it? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but you know what? That's what we are a lot of times. It's crazy. Because we are doing that, and people do it all the time. It's like getting in the faith, and all of a sudden, you believe you're supposed to speak Christianese. It, you can't talk normal praise the Lord, because, you know, it's glory to God. It's just something that you have to have, hallelujah, Jesus is Lord. Talk to people in a way, brother and sister, and God bless you. And Oh, you know what I'm saying about it? How's the weather? Hallelujah, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And we think, we think and, and people hear that if you've been brought up and think, well, that's correct. And it's so far from being correct. It's so wrong. But we believe that's going to bring an influence. No, you're going to scare people. 
Because all they hear is, you know, like the Charlie Brown parents. You guys, you've seen Charlie Brown, right? All right. But I mean, that, that's a problem. And, and again, it, it's, it's something that churches don't touch on because we continue this, this ugly road that doesn't produce life. Like I said, the impact in my life was a Christian that didn't act religious. He was just normal with light in his life. And I was the bug going to that light. And I'd hit that light and zap me all the time. But the other one wasn't. The other one was religious. There was no light in that life. And so when we start looking at this, we start realizing, okay, Jesus is all about light. But he's also telling us about how we're to operate in this light. Amen? So my heart overcame my head, which is a good thing. Amen? I want you to look at Matthew 12, 35. And we're going to just look at a little bit on the good heart, the bad heart. Because this, again, because of a lack of knowledge, people take a scripture and all of a sudden they define that scripture as the full counsel of God. And that's what messes people up. All right. So you can read the heart is evil and full of evil and no man can tame, you know, and, and get into that. And all of a sudden we've now just wiped out the rest of the scriptures that talk about good heart. And so what we're doing is, is we're looking at that in your heart. It's tied to what you choose to do with it. Because never is the evil heart or the bad heart spoken about just that. You have an evil heart, period. And let's talk about something else. No. Anytime it's talking about evil or heart, Unbelief is usually added to it. So what does that mean? It means what you believe is fixing or messing with this. So there's no evil or good heart. There's what you create it to be. Now, I understand outside of being born again, our nature is going to tend to do the negative. So it's connected to that picture of the world is nasty and ugly. It's because their hearts are evil. No, it's because their nature is evil. Amen. How many of you known people that aren't Christians that are just the most honest, great people? I have. I have. I've known people that weren't Christians that literally, if they say something, you could bank on that word that they said. And they'd have no connection with Jesus. I've known Christians that'll rob you blind. And, you know, hey, there might be some good Christian workers out there, but I don't know. The ones in here are. Right? But you don't are carrying around cards that do that. You better not be. <laughs> Don't be trying to use Jesus as your sales pitch. Amen. Have honor. Be a person of integrity. That's your sales pitch. Amen. You said you're going to be there at eight. Be there at eight. Right? Are you guys hearing me? I know when I go off on that, you get a little scared. Like, oh, no. But um, it is what it is, right? Matthew 12, 35, a good person out of the good treasure of their heart. 
A what? A good person out of the good treasure of their heart brings forth bad things. A, oh, you're, wait. Brings forth, oh, good things. I was messing with you. So what am I saying? I'm saying, let's read it, what it says. A person that has a good heart is a good person. And good things are coming out of it. Why? Because it's a good heart. Are you guys seeing that? An evil person, out of the evil treasure, brings forth evil things. Now see, what I'm reading is what we all need to read, and that is this. It's all about what you treasure in your heart. Well, how do you treasure? What are you thinking about? Not a thought you had. What are you thinking about? What's your meditation about? And whatever you meditate consistently about, it becomes treasure in your heart. Then that treasure in your heart comes out as a man or woman processes their thoughts, so are they. And that's, that's the revelation of the human nature. Whatever you think, you process a thought. Now, this in itself can answer all the problems in your life. Why am I so mad? Why am I so fearful? Why am I so lonely? Right here. Very, very simple. And I know you'd rather have, you know, me to write 10 books that define your problem. It's very simple. One page, not even a page, two lines. What are you thinking about? Yeah, but I need to go deeper than that. No, you don't. Now, I know you don't go to psychologists or psychiatrists. They're going to go down, you know, it's when you're two years old and say it's because your mom didn't change you in your dirty diaper. And that's why, you know, you're really, you're really frustrated and, and mad at life. And I can tell you right now, you can go back in your life and, and find wherever you were hurt. But I'm going to tell you something. It still comes to right here. What are you going to do with it? And what usually is the process of being free? You have to get rid of that thought. I just saved you a bunch of money right now. It's tons of money right now. And I know they're not cheap. Well, I don't know they're not cheap. I just know they're not cheap. <laughs> it's a fact. So, I mean, we listen, and I get it. I get why people have to, but they don't have this. They don't have this for their help. And I, listen, I've been doing this for a long time. And I've, and I've helped people. I've counseled so many for so many years. I don't do that stuff anymore. I don't need to. I can do it right here. Counseling's free. It's right here. It's open for everybody. We don't have to set an appointment. It's right here. If you just get what I'm talking about, it'll be beneficial to you. But it's almost you're going through this whole process and the, the whole, you know, the whole ugliness of the past to get to right now. You're breathing right now. And I've never seen where you reveal that, just fix this. This fixes this, and that's the scripture. This fixes this. Are you guys hearing me? I'm mad all the time. Quit thinking mad all the time. It's what you're thinking. Start processing different thought. Listen, I... Oh, 
please don't think this is simple. Because if it was, we'd all be perfect right now. Let's think how perfect we are. We're so loving. We're so generous. Okay, we're done. It's fixed. We all know it didn't happen that way. Why? Because it took you years to become a meanie you are. Years of process, years of thought, years of being mean. Isn't this true? Well, I'm not saying it's going to take years, but what I'm saying, you know, because we got God's help too. I never want to eliminate the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God's ability to connect with our ability. By the way, that's what the whole scripture is about. Did you know that in Old Testament and New? That we'd be wanting God to do everything, and God's going, I've done everything. Israel was doing the same thing when they came out of Egypt, type of the world. They come out of the type of the world, they become religious and say, God, do it. God does it, and they keep blaming God. And everything, God took care of them. He kept blaming God. What was the key for their success? When they quit looking to God as do it all and recognize that I got to pick up my sword, I got to go after the enemy, and I got to take what belongs to me. That's when God said, good, I'm fighting with you. I am fighting with you. You swing the sword. Yeah, you're going to smell their ugly bodies. You're going to look at their ugly faces. You're going to look at all the past of their evil and all their, their, their picture of we're greater than you. But don't worry. Once you stand before them, you pick up that sword and say, this belongs to me. I'll swing the sword with you and I don't miss. Just like David's slingshot, I don't miss. Just like David picking up the sword, I don't miss. This is about us realizing the Bible and understanding it ain't about God doing it. It's about us moving forward and him working in and through us. That's it. Very simple. You will find it all through the scripture, what I'm talking about. You think, you know, Abram and Sarai, you got a 65 and 75-year-old, and God's going, you're going to be a father of nations. You're going to have a kid. You know, this is going to happen. And it took years and years and years for it to take place. That wasn't God's fault. They had to get to the place where they believed. And once they believed, then the door opened up. But until then, they're, you know, having, you know, sex with the, nurse, you know, the maid and, you know, all kinds of stuff. We'll get this thing working, God. We'll make it happen. God said, no, that's not how I work. You have to believe my word. Believe my word. And it works. Amen. So what do we do? Just realize this. Like I said, everything I'm talking about is for your Monday. Amen. It's for your, for your family, for your, for your marriage. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? We want our heart to override our thoughts. And I, I say this a lot, that when it comes down to me and my journey, I'm telling you, no matter what I've done, what I've gone through, no matter the different directions, the Bible colleges, no matter what I've done and been through, this has always taken me in the right direction. I can do crazy. I can think crazy. I can make a bad decision. Um, you know, the whole, you know, if I wrote a story of, of, you know, the beginning of this church, it would be the greatest story that you could ever hear about as far as, as far as me being a person that can make quite a few mistakes and God being who he is fixing those mistakes and see it and just go, my gosh, is he good? Just everything. There's nothing I can do in this church or nothing I can say about this church that it's all me. 
Nothing, nothing at all. Zero. Zero. Not my own wisdom, not my own understanding, nothing. Everything's been about God. Now, have I thrown my two cents? Oh, yeah. Have I tried to use my own wisdom? Oh, yeah. Have I tried to, you know, operate in what I believed was the right thing? Oh, yeah. And all in the position of, this is God. But it wasn't. It was me wanting it to be God. Because I'm dealing with so many ugly things. I need to get out of this place. So, but the point is, is ultimately, this leads me in the right direction. Always has, always will. It's set. I've been doing this too long. My heart's sold out. Now, my mind could just realize that. But see, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. That's the battleground. It doesn't go away. It's always going to be there. All I have to do is I could spend a week listening to a bunch of garbage on TV, and it's going to start affecting me. Wait a minute. Have you been doing this for? Oh, yeah, I've been doing it a long time. You ought to think. I mean, coming in here, you ought to go. The guy knows the Bible. You should be able to say that about me. Well, I'm just telling the truth. If I put a bunch of crap in my mind, it's going to crap's going to come out. Or poo-poo or whatever you want to say, number two. It's a fact. I mean, it's almost like you got to bring the little, you know, nursery songs, you know, be careful, little eyes, what you see, you know, and, and abide by those. We raised our boys that way. They have the ability to see clearly. They have the ability to see clearly. You think, you know, by the way some people believe that if you train them a certain way, you're like alienating them from the world and they won't know how to operate in the world. My kids can operate, in the, my kids could operate in the world as eight-year-olds. Ability to communicate to adults, ability to understand life. But anyway, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to like, portray my kids as perfect. All I'm saying is, is at a very young age, we taught them specific things about what to see and what not to see. And it's, it's something that's in their heart. It's ingrained in them, but it's other things we've done as well. They're, they're in their heart, completely 100% givers, completely. They'll give you anything. They'll give you the best they have. They'll give it to you. And don't be asking them for this stuff. But, but I'm telling you, they, they have no problem with it. It's not an issue. And the reason why is because I had very little age. I, I started them learning how to give their tithe and offering. Now, they don't have a job, but that doesn't matter. I was teaching them the concept of we give to God. He's given us so much. We're giving this because it's not God that needs it. It's the kingdom that needs it. And this is how the kingdom finances work. And so I... I just did it this morning. Same, same exact thing that I've been doing since they were three and four years old. And it's not an issue. It's not even something we even think about. It's life. It's something they know. And I'm set forever. They're going to be that. And it's because we put them on a path to understand the importance of these things. And I know there's a lot of parents here, you're doing the same thing. And thank God for you because you're going to make a difference in the next generations. And if you're not, start now. It's never too late. It's never too late as a parent. Never. And don't ever think that. It's never too late. Now, your kids might freak out. We never used to do this before. Yeah, but it's a new life now. And there's nothing wrong showing them a new life. 
Nothing. It's, it's actually an awesome thing to be able to do that. Show them the new life and that's opposite of what used to live. Ultimately, they'll see the benefit from it. Amen? So the good ground represents the heart of a person who listens. Hebrews 3.12 says, an evil heart of unbelief. So it's talking about an evil heart is tied to an action on you. It's also talked about a good heart is tied to an action on you. A good heart, an evil heart is all tied to you. Amen? Y'all got that. Okay. Good ground represents the heart of a person. This is Matthew 13, 23. A good heart represents the heart of a person who listens. That's written in continuous tense. In the Greek language, they have continuous tense. It's, it's when, like you hear, hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It, it, it's this constant process. The reason why that's important, it's not a one-time thing. So it says here, a good ground represents the heart of a person who listens one time. No, it's not about listening one time. Think about it. Anything you want to be successful at, you go in and you don't listen one time. You have to what? It's something new. You have to listen and listen and listen. And to get even better, you continue to listen outside of the class. You can just study outside of the class. And you're doing things tied to what? The process of what I would say is successful living. And that's getting that information down into your heart, into your life. So it says, it's a person who listens to the message and understands. Everybody say understands. See, everybody can listen. How many of you went to class and listened, but didn't understand one thing they were talking about? All right, don't raise your hands. We're good. Me and Micah, yeah. But what happened? I was listening. How come, it, how come I didn't get A's? Or I was listening. How come I didn't get it? You see what I'm saying? So listening doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get it. People come to church all the time and listen. And you can fill in the blank after that. I don't need to go that way. It's a fact. I've seen people listen, and they listen through religious ears, and they get mad. If they don't want to hear the information. They're just judging because of their past, judging what they know. I learned that's just so wrong to do. You go in to hear and allow the process to take place. You don't go prejudge. It's, it's dangerous. So what you do is you listen. And what happens is if it's truth, ultimately it's going to touch your heart in a way that goes, okay, this is different. And I've seen it, I've seen thousands over the years. And so when you have truth, it will do what it's going to do. It starts setting free. Now, how far that goes, it's all up to you. It's not a God issue, it's a you issue. You want to be free and you want to be set free? Because the scripture that most Christians like to, like to talk about, he who sunsets free is free indeed. And they establish that as that is the scripture. But that's not the scripture. That's a part of the scripture, but not the scripture. Because in that truth is the truth of you have to hear the truth and apply the truth. And you'll be set free. You have to do what? Hear the truth. Apply the truth, then you'll be set free. But we don't want that when we want he who the sun sets free is free indeed. That statement isn't saying you're free indeed in the sense of 
you're going to do it all right now. No, it's saying you're free indeed, as in it's a done deal. Now operate in what belongs to you. Just like healing. It's a done deal. Operate what belongs to you. God's promises, God's blessings, operate what belongs to you. It belongs to you. Amen? Just operate what belongs to you. So he says, and to those that continuous tense, listen to the message and understands. This literally is a process of bringing something or bringing things into a conclusion. Now, it would be like you're setting things in like a puzzle. And as you do it, it's creating the end result of the puzzle. That's a process of this word. We use different words, uh, gnosko and oida, different Greek words in, in the Bible. And this is, this, this word is, um, it's a different one. It's sukane, where is it? Suni, suniami, suniami. And that literally is, again, it's bringing or setting together. And the picture is this. As you bring things together, you're bringing them together, the comprehension of what you're bringing together starts to become clearer and clearer and clearer. Are you guys hearing me? And clearer. So we just did, how many word puzzles, how many puzzles was it? Like a thousand? I don't know what it was. A thousand? No, it was 3,000. It was a big puzzle. And it was a puzzle for all the seal, different things in the United States. Um, different, like it had Yellowstone and Grand Canyon. It was just a big, it was an awesome puzzle. But Pastor pours the thing out and you're like going, oh man. And we're not talking about, you know, the cool puzzles that are like three inches big. We're talking ones that you have to have a magnifying glass. And was that part of a puzzle? So, I mean, it was just small ones. So we start working on that. I say we, because I did, I did two of them. So I, if I did at least one, I'm a we, all right? But the point is, is they worked on that for weeks. And, it's, and, and you, you're seeing it, but you got the picture. Okay, the picture's there, but that picture's not the reality of it. It's the picture. It's the finished product, but that doesn't matter. It's all a mess. But as you look at that picture, you're able to start placing the, get rid of that picture, find out how good you are with puzzles. Yeah, exactly. What do you have to have? You gotta have the picture of the final product. Are you guys hearing me? See, I can tell you in my life, the different times where God brought forth miracles and signs and wonders and different things. I had to have a picture of a puzzle. It wasn't finished. I couldn't touch it. It wasn't there yet, but I had to have a picture of it. And as that picture was placed before me, the puzzle was there and I was able to start going, wait a minute, this goes here and this goes here. And I was able to start putting this together as I was listening. The listening is revealing a picture I'm placing, setting those things up until I have full comprehension. That's exactly what that scripture means. So what I'm saying, I'm saying this, it's not overnight. But see, that's what God understands and knows, people. Why are we doing this to ourselves? I, I think one of the, the problems is, is the choices we're making 
create these dilemmas. We want to do good, but we still want to hold on to things. Why? I'm, I'm so, we're so concerned about what that person thinks or what they feel or what they're going to, you know, what they're going to do. But, you know, I think we need to start looking at our lives and going, but what should I be doing? I know they want to eat like that. They want to live like that. But what do I want for my life? Is that what I want? Because the end result of that, that action is not beneficial. I had to do this in my life completely. My life, man, I was, I don't want to get into my life. I can just tell you right now, it was filled with a lot of fun things as a non-believer. All right? I mean, filled with it. Man, I, I was partying with Phoenix Suns players. I mean, I, I, mean you, I could get into so many stories that we don't need to get into. But what I'm saying is, is I've done it, been there, done that. A part of all that. People, friends, I mean, it just, it was all there. But once I got into this Jesus thing, I didn't have that no more. So then the process now was, what am I going to have? I'm used to having that. I'm used to being that. But with my heart, my attitude was, is I want to win. I want to win. So I listened to my friends, which the, my friends, the guys that Chris and his family, you know, he, you know, his brother was the, the quarterback at NEU. And, um, you know, his other brother, you know, played for, I forgot what college when he was, he was older. And so we get this, it was perfect for me because that's all I've known is sports. So I got connected with these guys, but these guys were the right connection. They were the ones that had the freedom to be playing and having fun and living life good we were on softball teams. We played baseball, all these things. So we had this, but we didn't cross the line to the other Christians. And they were the ones that wanted to do this, but they also wanted to do, hey, let's drink. Let's do this. Let's do that. So you got this dilemma, like which one, you know, which one? Now, this one that was more like before Jesus, I recognized that, no, 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 that, that's not the group I want. Loved them, hung out with them. Some were awesome, some were crazy, but that's not the group I want. I wanted this group that said, no, there is a line. Now, we're not going to judge you. We're not going to attack you, but we personally, this ain't what we do. I was so thankful for that because it literally helped me in being able to break free stuff in my life. But if I didn't have that, I guarantee you, if I was hanging out with this group, I would have never broke free in a lot of stuff. I'll probably, listen, I can tell you this 100% truth. All the guys that I played ball with, that I hung out with, the church guys, that all had, we can drink, we can do this stuff. Every one of them lost their walk with Jesus, didn't follow the Lord. Every one of them, not one, didn't leave church and go off in their own ways. This group, every one of them, Continued to this day. Interesting, huh? All I'm saying is, is you want to have one foot this in the world and one foot here? I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you what will happen. I'm not, I'm not suggesting a might. I'm telling you what will happen. This way, we'll win. And the reason why I know that is because the Bible is very clear. Bad company will corrupt. Good morals. There's many scriptures that show that ultimately 
you allow the world to be a part of your life, it will pull you. It will pull you. Now, I'm not saying that I eliminated those people. I crossed them off my life. No, what I said is, is I made a choice and they could not influence my new life. I made a choice. That's not the choice I'm going. This is the choice I'm going. But I, I swear to you, that life goes downhill. It never is successful. It always gets messed up. Always, not sometimes, all the time. And I can tell you, I guarantee you, I can show crash and burn in people's lives that continue to allow the world to, you know, dictate their way of getting peace, their way of getting relaxation. I'm telling you, I know. And guess what? So do you. Everybody in here, you can say that. You do know. And all I'm saying is, is ultimately, this is what this is about. It's about you. See, I want to be healthy. I want to be healthy. I want to live long. I want to be someone that's way older than I am now. I want to be, you know, in my 90s and 100s. And that's, you know, like 60, 70 years from now. But anyway. <laughs> and I want to be there relevant, strong, vigorous. And I know I will be, but it won't happen at all unless I take care of today. If I don't take care of today, it will not happen. No matter how much I wish for it, want it, pray for it, beg for it, fast for it, it won't happen. The, the thing that I want us to realize is, is when it comes down to what Jesus is saying, because ultimately this is what we have to understand. He is the light of the world and he wants us to be. But to be the light of the world, we're going to have to make a choice. And I believe the choice is so simple and clear. Because when you ultimately see the Bible, the word wonderful is used a lot. His wonderful love, his wonderful acts, his wonderful deeds. I mean, over and over again, we see a wonderful God. And that's who we serve. And he's going to give us a wonderful picture if you allow him. And we can start putting the pieces of the puzzles together in our lives. Amen? Because there are so many beautiful pictures that you need to see. You got broken homes, broken, broken relationships, broken areas with kids, broken areas out there in the workplace, whatever. You need to put that picture in front of you and start putting this puzzle together. Because ultimately, you're going to get the picture done. And you're going to sit back like we did with ours and go, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? All right, let's mess it up again. No, I don't even know what we did. Did we do that? Yeah, after a while we did that. But we're not going to mess up our lives, okay? We're going to super glue that picture together. Father, we thank you for the word. You're awesome. We love you dearly. And we, we're, we're gung-ho. We're ready. You are wonderful. And we are going to follow the trail of the light. Your word's very clear. Those who walk in darkness will always fail. But we are your kids. And we walk in the light as you are in the light. And because of that, we won't fail. We will keep moving forward. Failure is not, it, it, it is not a non-success term. Quitting is. We can make mistakes. We can blow it. But we're going to get up and keep moving forward. And that's our plan. We might get a piece of the puzzle wrong, but we're going to get it till it's right. And so, Father, I thank you for each and every person here and out there on the live stream and on YouTube. 
that as we hear these words, we start realizing the impact of God's word to our hearts and we will have transformation to change because of it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. All right, y'all, love you guys. Have a tremendous day, okay? See ya. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you. Thank you.